You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Tauber Lee, and I am here for deep soul-level conversations and connections about spirituality, to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath, leave what you know at the door, and step into the mysteries with me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Grit and Grace. I'm really excited today because those of you that are listening or have listened to me, you know that I have a lot of really special connections in my life, teachers, people that I look up to that help guide me on my path. And today's guest is one of them. So I'm really excited. And before we do that, I'm going to walk us through a short little opening prayer circle, calling in whatever you want to call it, just as a way to set the space for those that are listening and also for me and my special guest today. So if you have a moment and you're not driving and you can close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths in your nose and out your mouth. I call in our ancestors to the north and the element of earth into this sacred day into the sacred space. Please provide us with the guidance and direction we need in this very moment. I thank our ancestors, both for my guest and myself, for the lands that we're on, and for the ancestors that have guided us and provided this connection. I call our ancestors in from the east and the element of air to give us the breath and the focus to connect to the highest good. I call our ancestors and the element of fire in from the south into this sacred space that we enter into in this moment. And I call our ancestors in from the west and the element of water, not only water to hydrate our bodies and hydrate the planet Earth, but also to allow us to flow together and co-create this message for you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah, that felt so good. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited that to have Pedro Garcia with me today, who set out on his spiritual journey seeking to find the answers to his own depression and anxiety. And along his journey, he came to understand that he had the power to create a better life for himself. And all that he needed was to have the skill set necessary to live a new life purpose. And he found this skill set within the principles of the Inca shamans. He trained as an Incan, Inca shaman and learned how to use ancient tools to help create a new purpose and bring light into the world with God's help. Pedro has become the master of his own story through the old principle of self-reliance. And Pedro, I am so excited to have you with me. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Taverly, and thank you for that beautiful, welcoming energy. Um, I can already feel this is going to be quite an interesting talk because once you invite spirit into this conversation, you, it, can only, it can only inspire us and touch us in places that um, 
where only the light can reach. I mean, I'm so excited. So yeah. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, me too. And I, I know that it's it's such a gift to be able to be a vessel for knowledge and sharing. And that's one of the things that I have really appreciated the most about you and the time that I've known you and the readings we've done together is that you you are a vessel for the light workers to provide information to help others. And that's super, super special. So I'm super grateful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit. Let's start because I thought about where to start because you know I want to dive like right into shamanism, but I'm going to just like lead us in slowly. <laughs> let's start yes. at the beginning, you know, where where you state that, you know, through your own um, transformation from experiencing depression and anxiety that it led you down a path. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh man, I I think we live in such a, I think everyone who's listening to this understands the the reality of the 3D can be so hard, um, living in this world and the stories that we carry within us. And I came to a point in my life where I had lost everything about who I was. Um, I think it was around, I was in my early 20s. I was still recovering from a major accident I had. I was going through depression and medication and trying to figure life out through mental health uh, workers. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. Life just seemed so out of reach for me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, how do I, how do I get out of this like dark, heavy, gray bubble that I'm stuck in? And the funny thing was that growing up, my my mom, my grandma, um, they all use like energy workers. Um, they call them curanderos down in Mexico, uh, or brujos, or brujas, witches, or um, witch men. And I I never really wanted to go there because there was almost like a taboo, almost like a fear of like going that direction. But there came a point in my life where I'm like, I have no other options. Like, I was so depressed. I was like contemplating suicide. I was like, I either get to live by finding some means to stay in here, or maybe I just leave this plane of existence because I feel like there's nothing here for me. So it was literally down to that point and forking the roads. Like, what am I going to do? And I said, well, let's find out what this is because. Uh, you get to a point where the fear just doesn't matter. Like it can only get better from here. So mm-hmm. I chose on that path and it was incredible for me to see is like, wow, this is the path that I always needed to be on because ever since I was a kid, uh, just hearing the stories from my, from my abuela, from my grandmother about her encounters with, uh, and with witches and with certain beings and my mom too uh, doing that for herself but you know it was always like the hush hush Um, (laughs) never talked out loud I was like wow this is where I'm supposed to be at and I think I'm starting where a lot of people are I started where a lot of people start in the beginning just well, let's find out what meditation is. Um, let's find out what, what what are chakras like. What what is an aura? Like it was just such an incredible journey of like discovering little things, and then connecting them back to my own culture in Mexico. Of like, oh wow, it's like this is the energy we talk about. Oh, this is the stuff we talk about. This is the stuff we talk about, and 
I got so pulled into it that I wanted to just learn all about it. I became a sponge of like all the information. I took every class I could. I attended every little thing that just had to do with spirituality, uh, ancient knowledge. And eventually that's how I found my, my teacher, my uh, shamanic master. Uh, she was teaching a class and I went in there and it was like just things connected. Well, I say that, but the reality was when I met her, I thought she was, <laughs> I thought she was like the craziest person <laughs> out of the whole <laughs> event that was going on there because she started talking about energy codes and frequencies and <laughs> we live in a reality that we can shape and mold within ourselves and this is what the ancients knew and we have forgotten this knowledge and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking it's like like man this lady has watched the matrix way too many times <laughs> she's like she is so out there but by the time she was done I just had this strong feeling within me. It was like, I need to know more. Like whatever she's got, like I need to know what, like, what she's got. And I just started um, taking her classes and she, she saw that I had potential and she actually took me on as, um, she became my mentor. And that's how I was able to develop a lot of my gifts because I had that, like a very unique experience of having an Inca shaman, um, cause she's or originally from Peru and trained there. And I, I was just one of those things about synchronicity and luck where it's like, wow, like I got one-on-one -on -one training with an Inca shaman and learned so many things, so many things, so many things that sometimes I forget what I know in my head. So I'm glad that you're here and you can pick my brain and see what we can come up with. Yeah, it's. I find it really interesting. There's a couple of things in there I wanted to address. The first is, do you, do you think that when you started to listen to her speak, that something at the cellular level of your body started to remember? Yes. Um, it did because as she was talking about these things, the logical part of me, and I'm a very logical <laughs> person, uh, just started to go into this space. I was like, well, well, she's probably making it up and all these things, it doesn't make sense. But deep within me, it was like this child part of myself was just getting excited and going, it's like, oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, this, this connects with this and this connects with that. Mm. And, what, on all the things that she was saying, and I know that the way that she teaches is she's like putting out codes for people to to receive. Uh, I didn't know that at the time, but once I learned how she did it, it was like, wow. So as I'm receiving all these codes, all this information, I'm like, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Inside, it makes sense in my heart, right? The, my intuition was waking up. I was like, it makes sense in here, in my heart. But up here in my head, it also sounds like crazy gibberish. And I think that's what really pulled me in because yeah, there was a remembering, remembering within me. I was like, this is true. This mm. is true. No matter how crazy it is, this is true. Mm. Yeah, I ask because I, I can relate to, and a lot of people listening can relate to this idea that we can feel truth in something, even if our brain cannot say it yet. Like, it's like this little battle goes on inside of us. Wait, I feel this. And, and the thing is, is that because you had done some work already, you had opened yourself up to be able to receive information. So you mm -hmm. weren't like totally coming in cold. And I believe that that's where a lot of people start is 
through breathing, right? Through connecting to yourself. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is then something opens up, some door. I like to call it a door. A door was presented to you and you're like inside, you're like, yep, I'm going to go through that door. I'm going in. That's it. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, There's one thing I wanted to, to touch on before we continue. And that's that this idea that we live in a culture in the 3D world right now, especially in the year 2020, where depression and anxiety is more normal than it's not. And I, I believe part of my work in the world is to help people navigate their way to a deeper understanding of themselves without medication, like with, without exploring all of the quick fixes, the band-aids, because I believe we have a gap in how we teach our youth in connection. And, and so I would like you to talk about that, because I think that that is part of the reason why we are seeing, you know, this state of anxiety, well, of course, because devices and external influences, all those things too. But I also just think that we're not teaching our children or we're not passing down information on how to go inward deeply to ourselves from a young age. Yeah. Oh, man. I think one of the biggest things, especially for any of the listeners who are in this space of I'm feeling depression, I'm feeling anxiety and looking for answers it is it is quite the journey if you only focus just on the medical part because that's what i did that's what i knew growing up it was like i'm gonna i it was something that was never really talked about within my family it was something that wasn't really talked about in within my culture it's like you just uh, especially being um Mexican, it's like within the Mexican culture, it's like, well, just get over it, get to work, move forward, and like everything will resolve itself. And for me, like I did that for so long and just kind of stuffing it in and right, depressing, you know, pressing everything, depressing everything into me. And it just came to a point where I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I, I feel like I'm so empty, I'm so fake, there's nothing in me. And what do you do when that happens? Well, you, you look for an expert, you look for someone who has the answers. And when I went to the, to the uh, mental health practitioners, it was like, hey, this is what's happening within me. Can you guys help me? And I, I just think of myself so, so innocent going in there and like, and so naive also. I was like, oh, maybe they have the answers. Maybe they can help me resolve this and get me back into a better state of being. And one of the things I found out was they didn't really have as much of the answers that I was seeking. Mm. And that was such a big shock for me, especially um, as a young adult in my early 20s was like, it's like, oh my gosh, like they don't know as much as I wanted. And then the, for the next thing, well, you just follow along with what they're saying. It's like, well, here's the diagnosis. This is what you could possibly have. And this is what's possibly creating it within you. And here's something to help with the symptoms. And... I started like taking the medication and like like do, going to the therapy meetings and trying to get myself better, but I wasn't getting better. And, I mean, I could feel like, and it wasn't totally useless. Like, don't feel that, like, well, fine, avoid that kind of a help. No, like it did help me, but it only took me to a certain point where I was like, where the medication was numbing the the pain. 
but I was still not feeling anything because that's what depression is. Depression is a numbness of everything around you. So even though I wasn't feeling sad or those negative emotions, I was still feeling empty. And I think I, I got to a point where I got like really angry. I, I was so angry because it was like, there's no answers. This isn't really helping me. And I think I, I did something that I don't recommend anyone to do. I just went cold turkey and I like removed the stop taking depression medicine. Mm. And I was like, because I was so mad about the whole thing. And that led me through another dark hole about learning things. But it really helped me to see like, okay, what is really going on here? What, what is going on in our world, in our reality, that this even exists? And, and without knowing, I, I had not known that I, that I had put that intention inside of me so strongly that that's what led me through my spiritual path. And that's when I started to learn through, through spiritualism and learning about meditation and things. Like, it's like, oh, wait. Everyone is still seeking that answer that they haven't found with, within the medical field. Now they're seeking it in the, in the esoteric, in the woo-woo, in the spiritual realm, and trying to like, okay, how do I overcome this? How do I connect with this? And it wasn't until I finally got into my shamanic training and started learning the shamanic principles that I started to see what I call my truth, like why we are here, why, why do we feel this way? And my truth of it was, or is still, that we are spiritual beings. We are beautiful beings of light within ourselves. We are inhabiting this meat body, this meat bag of a body. And I like that meat bag of a body, meat skin, <laughs> our meat skin, skin, our meat skin. Um, and through this meat skin, we get to experience reality and we get to experience the beauty of reality. And this is what the ancients knew. They knew that like, you come into this reality, you experience how to create in this reality with a physical body, because when we're made of light and we're made of energy, we don't have that experience. Everything just is, everything just happens. So we come here and experience how does creation work? How does building something from scratch function? And this is what essentially the ancients knew. But one of the things that happened is we forgot that knowledge. We forgot what that experience was um, through people's choices, through higher laws and higher creations. And now we're in a reality where we just come in and it's like, hey, you're born, welcome. Uh, so we don't really understand how to create life. We just kind of made it through, but welcome new child. Please learn from us the best that you can and become the best person possible. And if you make it, great. If you don't, well, well you tried your best. Like <laughs> there is so much knowledge that we forgot about connecting to our bodies, understanding our emotions, uh, knowing how our mind works. I mean, we grow up in a school system where we're not taught about how our own mind works. We're like thoughts like, okay, remember this, remember this, and don't ask any other questions about any, anything outside of this. And for me, I think that was the biggest thing. It's like, wow. And, and anyone who's in this journey is like, it, it's gonna be such a beautiful process because you keep learning about yourself. You learn about, okay, I'm breathing through my body. Oh, wait, I have a body. It's like, I can control this body and how it reacts and how it connects to things. Like, wait, I'm having thoughts. Like, wait. I can control these thoughts? No, I can't control them. 
but I can pick what thoughts to focus on and how these thoughts connect with my life. And they're like, wait, I'm made of energy. Oh, I can actually move this energy around me and connect to the energy of the world. Wait, there's energy in the world? Everything, we're all connected. And like, for me, that was my experience, just putting all the pieces together and realizing like, wow, I am more than what I thought I was. And when we're in this journey, once you find out that you're more than what you thought you were, I think that's for me, that's when I started to overcome the depression and the anxiety because everything made sense. Depression comes because you suppress everything. You close yourself down and you don't want to feel. With shamanism, I learned to feel everything. <laughs> everything within me and everything outside of me. And at first that was scary, but then I realized like, oh, there's so much beauty and so much beautiful things in, in what I do. And that's why I like to do my live readings because that gives me a chance to connect with people in many levels in different ways. And I think that's why anyone who's in their journey is like, if you're feeling depression or anxiety, just remember like, it's like there, it is a normal condition because you have forgotten who you are. You have forgotten what, how to use your mind and your body. But the moment you start to learn how to focus in on these things and you learn the principles of how you function, like all these things just begin to minimize. They don't go away because I'm, I'm still a human person. Uh, I get anxiety about my children and seeing them grow up and it's like, oh no, don't become like me. Um, things that I'm overcoming. Uh, I still get a little bit depressed uh, looking at the world and seeing where everyone is. I like, I feel that sadness. And so it's like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. And then I got to bring myself out. No, it's okay to feel that. By feeling that I'm acknowledging that I am alive. I'm a part of this reality and I can change it. Mm. That is so much of that is absolutely beautiful and spectacular. I almost feel like I could just, we could just stop. We could stop now. I could just step away and leave you to keep talking. I could, I could listen to you all day because there's so many things in there that you relate to around choosing to feel like, see you, you chose to seek answers. And I think oftentimes mm-hmm. what a lot of people do when they're still in just in the 3d world is they seek to sort of numb the numbness. Like really they seek to numb the numbness through you know, material possessions or um, status at their job or, you know, something that actually doesn't fulfill them, but they don't know any different because we're not taught that. So looking at looking at that model, knowing that our school system and the way that um, we're brought into this world is not for this idea that we should be seeking passion and purpose and being of service and connecting with ourselves, knowing that that's not the case how are we going to do it, Pedro? How are we going to reach more people and go down this process of assisting others to at least be curious that there's more? I, I think that is the big question for, for everyone because I, I'm remembering from uh, one of my uh, teachers, and man, I have learned from, from so many teachers, uh, but I remember one of them said, and this always stuck with me, that we are all by nature seekers. We are all by mm-hmm. nature just seekers of truth. 
of a knowing. And psychologically, looking into that, because I always like to look at both ways, is we're always looking for a sense of security within ourselves. We're always looking for that, something that makes sense in life. And if something is not making sense, or we do two things. One, we depress ourselves and we just go into that space of like, okay, this is what it is. I'm not going to question it because the moment I let go of this idea, uh, I'm not going to be safe. I'm not going to be secure and nothing will make sense anymore and life is over. And that's what we see with people. We call those the people who are asleep, right? Because they choose to be asleep. We're not born asleep. Trust us, uh, we are all born awake. There comes a point in our lives when we choose to go to sleep and be like, okay, no more. This is it. I'm just, um, and a lot of it is because we feel that being awakened to things or questioning things or seeking things can create pain. It can create suffering or it, we feel that we're not enough, that we are not worth uh, seeking that truth. So anyone who's in this space of like, okay, well, how do I overcome this? How? It's like because if you're listening to this, you, I, I guarantee you, like you are awakening. You are, you're getting those nudges of like, okay, time to wake up. It's time to, it's time to open those eyes and look at the scary world and the scary truth of things, and your reality will fall apart and shatter. But man, it becomes so beautiful. Mm. So, from my own personal experience, I think. One of the things is to be honest. And I don't think I see many masters, well, there are true masters who do this, and that's why they're called masters, but I think there's this very hard stigma within people who are spiritual to look at the negativity of it. That to say it's like, I am awake, I am now positive, and everything is good. I do not look at the negative things. When in reality is like, no, we live in that world that's a world of duality. There's always going to be pain. There's always going to be fear. There's always going to be those things because we have this meatbag of a body that's programmed to detect those things. And what I want to say to anyone who's listening to this is I was scared. I was so scared going into my journey because I got to see myself. And this is what I talk about when I say about the depression and about the anxiety. Because when I was in that space, I was blaming everyone. I was like, I have this depression because of the, this accident that happened and because my friends did abandon me, because my parents did not help me and did not raise me and all that anger, all that rage. And it's just, you know, just stuffing it in because I didn't know what to do with it. And all that fear is like, life is horrible. And I was actually one of these people that was like ready for the world to end. I was like, let it come to an end. Let the zombies come. Let the meteorite <laughs> hit. I am done living in this world of fear. When is it going to happen? But the reality, once I got to go inside myself, and this was like the scary part for me, was I was just this child that was scared. Because when I got to look at myself, I got to look my story. And this is the beautiful thing about shamanism is that it's about teaching through story. It's about teaching through experience. And stories don't always 
are in this beautiful, happy-go-lucky space. Yeah, it's not light and, and rainbows and butterflies all no. the time. <laughs> no, and my story was one of a, a of a kid who who just didn't understand life, who was born already aware of things. And I was questioning things like, I, I feel like nothing's right. I feel like the way adults behave isn't right. I, f- I feel that the way that we behave is just too monotone. It's like, why are we allowing this? But every time you spoke up, you got told on by the adults, like, don't just speak this. I was like, um, I got physically abused by my parents. But because that was what they knew how to do from their own parents and their mm-hmm. parents from their own parents. And once I began to look at my story, I was like, I'm just a child who, who got beaten by life, who was told to shut up, just do what you're told. And if you don't want to feel pain or suffering, just do what everyone is doing and you'll be fine. And when I got to look at myself in that way, I, I started crying. I, I started to cry so much and I started to see it's like how sensitive of a person I am because I created this persona. I was like, I'm tough. I'm big. No one touches me. Especially being a male and Mexican male, the whole machismo uh, story. But once I got down to myself, it's like, I'm such a sensitive, soft person that like feels so strongly. Uh, if, I see somebody who's in pain. I see somebody who's like not doing well in life. Like I, I want to weep with them. I want to cry and say, like, man, I feel your pain. I feel how everything's going. And, and then seeing that discovering like, why, why was I so afraid of life? It was because I felt that I was alone. Mm. Uh, Even though I had my family and my family loves him very much. My mom is my biggest supporter. Uh, my dad's always been there for me, my brother, and we, we are such kidders um, when we play with each other. But I was alone in the sense of I was missing that part of my own spirit. Mm. And for those of you listening, it's like the spirit, right? The higher self, the connection to God, the connection to the oneness of the universe. I was missing that. And I didn't realize that for a long time. That a lot of my fear was because I felt that the world was against me. When in reality, what I discovered is like, no, the universe, God, spirit is here with you. And all you got to do is allow yourself to connect with it, reach out and put your hand out there and know that it's there. And I think that was one of the scariest things for me. Um, I, I remember listening to a meditation audio one time and I remember the person in the meditation gave this very specific instruction. So like, just close your eyes, take some deep breaths. And now know that your guides, your higher self is there with you and take your hand, put it out and allow them to touch you. And I remember feeling so anxious about that. I'm like, it's like, well, what? because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it seems kind of silly when I think about it now, but this is what everyone's going through mm-hmm. because this it's is what true. we fear our journey. It's true. Of like, if I put my hand out, what happens 
if no one touches me? Hmm. What happens if I get nothing? Oh, so you're talking about the true measure of having faith. Yes. Wow. Because then it's like, then that means I'm really am by myself. That means that there's nothing there. And, or maybe I'm not worth it or not valuable enough for, like, for the universe to acknowledge me, for God to say that I matter or I care, or for my higher self to say, like, hey, I love you, buddy. And then this is the trap that we all get into that I see so many people. It's like, what happens if I do put my hand out there and I do get touched? What does that mean about my whole life, about my whole story, about my whole reality? And the ego self, the mind is like, can I contemplate those things? Because now it means that everything that I thought was true is not. Mm. And I remember being so, so scared of like, and I'm like, oh, did I put out there? Like I'm slowly putting my hand out and and like I just stretch it out. And I remember the first time I didn't feel nothing. And I'm like, that was, and it took me like a week to recover to even try again because I had to process that. I was like, it's like, did I do it wrong? What, what did I question? It's like, maybe it's not real. Or am, maybe I, or am I, I not gifted? Am I not gifted <laughs> enough, right? Is this only for the special people? <laughs> this is for the special ones. I just got to go back in my box and do what everyone tells me. Um, but I came back to it again. I'm like, okay. Uh, because I listened to more recordings. I'm like, I got to figure this out. Because if peop other people are feeling it, it ha uh, there must be some truth here. And it really comes to what you said before. It was like this true measure of faith. I was like, well, how much faith do I have that there is something out there? And, and, and again, I had to put myself back into that corner, back into that wall and say like, okay, Either this happens or I just go. Like, this is where I'm placing it. I'm putting my whole faith in everything I believe, everything I trust, that if I get touched, I will continue on this journey and I will keep seeking the truth. If I don't, I'm walking away. And So you were and, negotiating, and basically. <laughs> I was negotiating. <laughs> I, I was ready to, like, I'm going to that space of like, I'm going to burn the boats here. I'm um, mm -hmm. like, it, mm -hmm. either the boats are going to go to stay or the boats are going to be, or I burn the island and go seek something else. Yeah. So I'm like there with my flame. I was like, okay, show me where I burn, <laughs> where I burn this reality of my life. And I put my hand out there and I felt something. And it was like, it was like just this small feeling, this small energy that I just felt around me. And I remember, I like pulled my hand back. It's like, what was that? And I opened my eyes and I look in the room. Was like, and, the, and my logical mind's like, maybe it was a fly somewhere around here. It's like, well, how's the window? Maybe the wind blew. It's like the other one turned the air conditioning on. I'm like, I'm like, right? Because part of me is like still in that process of like, which truth do I accept? What go, which way do I go? And I'm like, well, let's do it again. Let's find out. And I put my hand out there and I was like, and I had that same small sensation. I was like, okay, you are here. You are here. All right. And that's when I chose to like, okay, let's go in this direction. Uh, let's find out more of this truth. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, I, I think there's this expectation. It's like, you're going to, you're going to ask the question and the big, 
beam of light's gonna fall on you, and the angels will start singing and like, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think a lot of people don't speak about that. That the truth is to discover the truth. It is scary because of the human condition that we have. Looking out there for the truth will have you questioning who you are, mm. what you believe. But man, I will say this: once you start to see the truth and you start to like see everything connects, because it's so beautiful how the universe works. If you want to live in a reality of of falsehood, the universe will answer you and keep giving you the things to stay there. But if you want to seek the truth. Man, the universe then provides you with the things that will show you the truth over and over again and keep reminding you. Mm. Yeah, I. that's so absolutely incredible. I, I feel like I was just visually with you while you were reaching your hand out. I could see it. <laughs> I could see you're ready to like burn everything down. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to burn it. And how beautiful that you you continue, that you kept faith, because I think that that's... It isn't, you know, our, our human, our human skin, our meat skin, uh, our brain often interferes, and it still does. Like that's a lifetime mm -hmm. journey. That's part of this journey is having to constantly do work to keep ourselves connected. And so, let me ask you: Is is this when you do this type of work with other people? What is like? What are some of the common practices that you employ with individuals that you're working with? So I'm, I'm basically asking you to share a little bit about what the shamanic principles are. And I, I know that you bring in also NLP and hypnosis and bioenergy and the work that you do with individuals. So can you walk us through a little bit about what that looks like? Like, how do you start with someone? Like, what can they expect? Okay. Yes. So, uh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, it. You were just, just getting like, some met messages. <laughs> yeah, my, like my, my one of my light workers just showed up because I had a thought, and they answered, and I was like, okay. So we may actually do a demo here for people who are listening. I was going to so say, can you please go with that and and ex <laughs> and explain that process of how you connect with your light workers because I think that's so. I just wish people could see you because I just saw it happen. And so <laughs> I want you to explain to people like what that is when you say you get a message from the light workers. Yeah. Uh, okay. So within the principles of Inca shamanism is, and this is more explained about what, what is it that I do as a shaman? How, how does this work? So as a shaman, especially as an Inca shaman, my job, my contract um, becoming an Inca shaman is that I get to help to bring the energies of the lights. That is my contract, to bring the, the ancient knowledge, the ancient wisdom forth towards people so they can remember who they are and remember what they're capable of. That is essentially my, because when you become a shaman, you actually do a contract with beings of light. Now, these beings of light, um, when people say they're ancient masters, their um, ancestors who have done, and some of them are actual ancient shamans who have been keeping up this work for thousands of years. And part of my work is to bring forth their energy, their knowledge, to help people to understand that they are energetic beings and you can shift your energy, you can shift who you are. So one of the ways that we do this is through the Inca cross. And what the Inca cross is, is it an, it's an ancient tool 
and trying to see what I can share because I, I have learned so much about the Inca Cross, about what it is and what it does, that now I'm like, what things can I share with it and discover? Okay, so we want to double because I may actually get to say things here that I haven't said in a while. Lightworkers. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> They're like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> Wasn't expecting this. Okay. So the Inca cross is essentially what, um, for those of you who are really esoteric and into this, is what we call the Metatronics cube or the cube of creation, the cube of energy, or what holds the re our reality together. So within our, what the Inca cross is, is something that we all carry within, within ourselves. It is the matrix that holds our codes of energy from our ancestors, from how we live here on earth and how we create and manifest things uh, within ourselves. Uh, it controls our DNA, our energy body, our soul, our mind, everything is within this beautiful matrix of the codes of what, that exists within ourselves. So what the, and this is like ancient knowledge that they knew back then. Now, what they do with this, with the Inca cross is that I'm able to connect with everybody's cross of creation, which is what they, each one, each, every one of you carry within you. And think of it as codes, or we know it now in our, in our present self, right? If we look at a computer, there's the software that runs everything that we use from our cell phones, our smartphones, uh, computers, laptops, like everything has software, right? And think of it as the light workers have these beautiful apps or these beautiful um, codes or software that can help you recover from certain beliefs or ideas that you carry within yourself. So the way that I connect with my lightworkers is like, okay, lightworkers, I need a code of energy that's going to help somebody who's going through depression. So the, my guides on the other side of the veil create this beautiful code, align it with the person's cross of creation, and then I give that code, and, and it's like a little ball of energy that they place in my hand. And then I give that energy to the person, they hold it in their hand, and then they bring it into their heart. And then they affirm that they want to receive this by saying, I receive, I receive, I receive. Now, the moment they do that, as they are affirming, they're, they're sealing the, they're accepting the energy into themselves. But as soon as that energy connects with their body, it goes into their cross of creation and it begins to change their own coding into a higher vibration. Uh, so someone who's now experiencing depression because they have a story about their mother and because what their mother taught them about what love is, they carry within them a what we call a faulty code of love. Mm -hmm. So then that faulty code of love gets carried down through generations, through generations. And so what the lightworkers do is they give a new code to replace that code that got created within somebody of higher vibration, higher knowledge, mm -hmm. and it changes the person's personality sometimes about in ideas and beliefs about love, specifically towards their mom. And then you start to see this change happening within uh, future generations. So this is what they do. Their job of the light workers is to repair all the faulty codes that have been created throughout time. And that's what I do with my 
with the light workers, like let's repair some of the codes of creation that people have within themselves and re rewrite them into something new. So uh, I'm just checking here my light workers because he's the one giving me a lot of this information. Uh, okay, so we're gonna share something here for everyone who's listening, who wants to have this experience of what this feels like. And because you have been listening to my story about depression, fear, anxiety, and faith, some of you have been internalizing this, right? Because one of the things I have learned through my master is to give codes of energy as I'm telling my own stories. But you can only accept that to a certain level. So what my lightworkers have here is a gift to help you on your journey. If you're experiencing this same energies of anxiety, of depression, of battling your mind, right, for the truth and, and developing your faith, this is what my lightworkers want to share with everyone. So if you're listening to this, and hopefully you're not driving, if you can <laughs> pull over if you're gonna accept this, um, just as a precaution, for anyone who's listening, I just want you to put your hand out. And me and the light workers, we're gonna place that energy on your hand. And I know it's similar to what I had to do, right? You just put, have some faith and just place your hand out there. And even if you don't feel anything, trust that that energy is there, that is within your hand. Now, what I want you to do is take that energy, bring it towards your heart, put your palm right there where your heart rests, and just affirm, I receive, I receive, I receive. You may need to take three deep breaths just to help you assimilate that energy. And what you, and what some of you may be experiencing is what you're seeing is my story. You're experiencing my story energetically. And by doing so, you're understanding the things that I learned, the things that I needed to avoid and some of the truths that I discovered through the energy of feelings. And this will help you on your journey as you move forward. My body feels so warm. I just, it's like the air, it's like the sun is just shining directly. I feel like the sun is just shining directly on my entire body. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about this is, this is how the ancient people used to communicate with each other. Uh, some shamans in Peru still do this, like they communicate through feelings because they, know, they understand that speaking through, our, through words can be so limited. There's only so much we can say with language, spoken language. So one of the things the ancient ones used to do is like they would just pass off these energies with each other and then they would have an understanding of like oh this is what you mean this is what this means to you this is what you're 
actually telling me mm. and it was so I remember like be, communicating like in that way with my my master because she taught me how to do that because sometimes she tried to explain something uh, English wasn't her um, <laughs> English as a second language to her so and then sometimes at times she would like ah just I can't tell you Pedro uh, and she would just like create this energy and it's like here you go take that I was like and I take that and all of a sudden I'm like whoa I understand Oh, this is what you mean. And then she'd be like, yes, that's right. And we just have these beautiful conversations just through our feeling and energy. That's absolutely wonderful. I love, I just love that feeling of receiving, like having my hand open to receive. It feels so wonderful. <laughs> and now for those of you listening, now you know why I love Pedro. Now you just, everybody else now gets what I get, which is you are amazing. You're doing amazing things for people. You are you're opening doors and codes in ways that um, I actually don't see with a lot of people. You do it in a very specific way, and I, I definitely really can relate to the work that you do, and um, I think it's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, like, how has this impacted, like, your family and how you're raising your children? Like, how can you apply, how can people apply this into their families in the future to, I want to say, like, stop the patterning of being asleep. I think this is where for me, because when I started this journey, um, I wasn't a parent yet. I was still single. And, and I think I, <laughs> this is where the ego mind gets into its space. I like, I thought like, who, like I figured things out. I'm good. Like I got, I got it going. <laughs> like, uh, but then I uh, met my wife um, who getting into a partnership with other people is so life-changing so brings a whole nother things into your life and that's like oh man I, I really don't that's when i started to figure out i knew how to be by myself like because i have figured out how to do that well but now i was like sharing space and it's like it's like oh wait my codes of relationship my understanding of what a relationship is are really skewed because my parents like they just kind of stay mm. together and they just kind of tolerated each other and my grandparents also did that and i'm sure way generations back it was just like you just stick with whoever and you kind of ride the ride that wave and make the best of it and i think with um once i got together with my wife i i love her because man she is someone who's like who questions me she's like it's like are you sure about what you're doing here Paige? I was like are you sure this is the best choice mm. and i'm like what are you talking about what does that mean and then i get to question myself it's like oh i'm falling into my old like my low vibration habits i'm not falling into that space of wanting to go to sleep so i think within relationships for me it's really helped me to like okay Lightworkers, what is the codes for, for like communication? What are the codes for like understanding yeah. love and compassion or like uh, with other people? Because especially in a relationship of co-creation. Now I have three kids and I think this is where the biggest challenge for me has been as like, cause there's Pedro the shaman that everyone mm -hmm. sees live and everyone has conversations with, but Pedro, the shaman as a dad, uh, man, that has been like really big because it's so crazy to see like how you fall back into that programming of what is it to be a parent. Mm -hmm. uh, so like going back and being like, oh man, 
I just talk to my kids the way that my mom does, or like, yeah. oh, I just talk to my kids the way my dad did, and and that that has been one of I think one of the most challenging parts for me in seeing that. But in this journey and the things that I have learned, it's in being able to actually make it better, to in a way help my children not. Not have to live with like, oh no, like dad lost his temper and he yelled at me, and I, now that means I'm a horrible child and I'm bad and I'm horrible, and just going into the room and just like you know, kind of creating this story within themselves. And you know, my dad never did this thing where I can actually now go and do like, go back to my daughter and be like, oh man, I'm so sorry, mm. uh, daddy. This is not about you. This is about dad. Dad just had a bad day. These are dad's emotions. These are, and what I said to you in the way that I say it, like this, that's on me. Like you are wonderful. You are beautiful. You, you be you because don't take on what daddy's doing. Like, and, and having my child like respond back. It's like, so it's all you, like, you're just not feeling good. It's like, yes, it's all me. It's like, it's has nothing to do about you. It has to do with my emotions and my reactions. And like, I love you. I will never stop loving you. And you're incredible. Just, okay. And when I think about that, it's like, man, how many times I wish my parents have had the opportunity to just come back into the room and be like, hey man, it's like, it wasn't about you because like, that's what kids do. They just like, they face the reality on like what's happening with them and make it about themselves. So for me, I think one of the beautiful things in my journey has been like the, yes, we're, I screw up. Like, <laughs> I, and, and if you're in this journey, like don't expect perfection out of you. Like you mm-hmm. will fall back into those low vibrational habits and programming that we have within themselves. But now I think when we talk about high vibration, we forget it's not about being perfect. It's about creating a better choice, mm. creating a choice that did not exist in my, in my lineage, in my, because my parents still like, um, they do something like they don't know how to apologize. And, and that's something that I had to like teach them how to do and how to like, <laughs> uh, because now I do it to them. Like when I yeah. lose my temper or something with them and I come back, yeah. it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, it's just. I got caught up in my own thing. And for them, that's like, who does this? Like, (laughs) it's so new and weird to them. And high vibration or choosing to live high vibration, I think if anyone can take anything from from this conversation is, it's about making a better choice. So always learning, always learning. We're always learning. Mm. We're always trying to, to just make, Make up for what has happened in the past and take it to a different level. So I think for me, my journey is under, has been understanding that. And for my children, for my family, it's like, okay, wh- how can I do better than what my parents didn't, did not know? Um, or what, what can I do? How can I choose something different mm-hmm. from what my parents did not know? And that's going to be changing the cycle of how then your children are going to raise their children. So you're, you're not only 
doing the work for yourself and for your children, you're doing it for many generations to come in yeah. your family. And that that then feels really freaking amazing to know that you're doing the work, even if it's not, we're not always perfect, we're not always going to get it right, but doing the work in this way is allowing for a different path down the road. And I think that's just the, the best part. It is. Uh, it is so rewarding in this journey. Um, when When I hear my daughter... Uh, my oldest uh, and my youngest have, they're so different personalities, so they don't get along as well. And it's so rewarding to hear my do- my oldest daughter um, go to the youngest one and say like, um, say like, Una, uh, I am, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just having a hard day. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm just growing up and my emotions are hard and I didn't mean to say these things to you. And and my youngest responding is like, it's okay, Ifa, I love you. And, and like just having them hear that yeah. conversation and, or, and it's like, okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It is working. They are learning. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Pedro, I... I am often at a loss for words at how wonderful I think you are. And you present information in a way that is digestible for people that are listening. And so first, let's thank the lightworkers that came in to provide us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And for the energy that you have just given to so many. um, That's wonderful. I appreciate that. And Pedro, how can people find you if they want to work with you or have a session with you or just to find out more? What is the best place for people to find you? So the best place to find me is on Facebook. So you can look me up on Facebook, Shaman Pedro. You can see my incredible face there. There's <laughs> can't miss it. Uh, the incredible hair. And anyone who joins in there, uh, I do readings every Thursday. So if you want to experience what it is to have a reading by me and the Lightworkers, um, every Thursday, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, I'm there and. It is so much fun to do that. So it, I'll put a link a place in the show me. notes for people to find you. And yeah. I think you have a special offer for our listeners, if I recall correctly. There's a code that we will put in the show notes. I'm not going to say it. I'll put it in the show notes. But it's going to give people 10% off an intuition activation course. Yes. This this is a beautiful course that is, is my little baby because it is. A, I made it with everything that I have learned about how to connect with energy, how to use energy and develop my intuition, my sixth sense. And I really want to help people to understand it, that when we think about sixth sense or intuition, like it, it goes up into the woo-woo, into the weirdness, into like, like it's something special or magical. When in reality, I wish I had known this. It is, it is a skill we are all born with. Mm. It's like we can all learn to sing. We can all learn to write. We can all learn to swim. Like we all have these beautiful abilities of what we can create. We just got to be shown how to do it and be explained in a way that we can understand it. So this is what I created. It's like, okay, let me break it down for you in a way that has worked for me from my own personal experience and show you that it's like this is so accessible. It's not just for the, it's not just for the gifted few. That's, that's the thing that I, 
at least in, in my practice and the work we do at the Moon Temple Mystery School, we hear these comments a lot that I, I don't know that I have any gifts to you know bring to the table. We're like, wait, everybody has the ability to tap into their own inner knowing. And it's different for everyone on how mm-hmm. how you receive that information, but it's everybody. It's it's not for this it's not for the select. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, I broke it down to it's like a simple skill. You do exercises, you learn the process, you you learn it in a logical way. So then your brain stops fighting you about it and then you allow the body to do its natural thing. Mm. And I'm so excited that I get to do this and help people to like connect with their truth. Yes, I'm excited too. I'm excited to put that in the show notes and thank you for your generous offer for the discount. I hope that those of you that are listening, um, that you go find Shaman Pedro and spend some time with him. I'm sure that you will absolutely enjoy him as much as I do. So Pedro, thank you so much for joining us and I am always grateful for you. Thank you, Taverly. And thank you everyone for being here and, uh, <laughs> okay. No, my light workers always like to say things. Um, so there's a little gift for everyone um, to take and just through, through words. You're not alone. You have never been alone. You have always been guided. Even you being here right now is part of that truth that you've been guided here. And know that. Remember that. And always keep that in mind because you will never, ever be alone because they are always with you. Mm. Um, Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I'm going to go ahead and leave it there because that's such a beautiful (laughs) way to wrap it up. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Grit and Grace, and we will be back soon. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.